require personalized programming, we have our team of Red Pill coaches available to help you with your performance needs, regardless of your competitive level. Please get in touch at redpilltraining.com. Good day, Philip. Good afternoon, James. What is the topic for today? Um, we're talking about strength or inadvertent strength actually um, and sort of I've made a recent Instagram post um, which uh, was quite popular um, for me so yeah. 10 likes during the seminar wasn't it yeah we, we, were, we did the yeah red pill seminar at JST and um, sort of topic came up it got quite interesting we went into it we, we delved into it very interesting did a post on it got 10 likes which is like 100% improvement for me um, and so it's yeah it's all gains mate it's all gains yeah it's all gains it's going north it's going north exactly um, so yeah so we sort of uh, going to have a little bit of a chat about what we talked about on the course there and, and how the post came about and the development of it and the thought processes behind it because I think it help, would, will help a lot of coaches um, especially the ones who are struggling to get increases in numbers with their athletes if the, when the numbers are struggling a little I bit I think athletes as well because there's a lot of athletes Definitely. there's a lot of athletes out there without coaches they're kind of just searching through the the depths of the internet trying to find the the magic the magic squat program or yeah whatever it is method system to try and help nudge up their strength across yeah whatever domain it is yeah agreed agreed and I think um, <clears throat> there's a lot of people banging their head against the brick wall excuse me Uh, a lot of people banging their head against a brick wall with strength you know they're putting in the work they're putting in the hours putting in the time and the numbers are disproportionately increasing Uh, they of course you do a strength cycle it tends to go up a little bit but it's not uh, it's not it's not going up with the numbers going up to the numbers they would hope or it doesn't compare Um, I think in this classic example from the post here is you've got an athlete who has a bigger power clean than a front squat uh, has a bigger power clean than a squat clean so they're not sort of neurologically impaired they produce force they have an ability to produce force and so something else is happening somewhere and they're the athletes where this is really really very applicable to when you have a sort of uh, as we're going to get into a technical thought yeah and I think that that is I mean hopefully this will ring true with people out there is if you are going through a certain training system method following a certain program and you're not getting the returns then there could be a re- there's a reason why that is this body is a this body adapts to stimulus and if we're not getting the the return on investment for time invested then then you probably need to start looking into the things we're going to be discussing today yeah. as to as to why it's happening because given the right stimulus and squat programs all have the same stimulus there's different different ways of doing it but ultimately it is a neurological increase in performance and it and it should elicit that response there's nobody that it doesn't but if it's not if it's not happening then this could be I, I think we should I think we should get out the gate and start with that um, I think we should just, just just sort of put the cards on the table and say there's not necessarily much difference in the strength cycles only the way they're sold 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I know everybody would like you to believe that their their way of writing writing four times eight is different to my way of writing four times eight. Um, it's not. Um, and and again, this previous podcast we've talked with overcoaching and overcomplicating things. I think a lot of the strength cycles and a lot of the strength sort of programs that are put out there are just they write ninety two percent instead of ninety percent because it sounds a bit fancier. Um, and they'll sort of and, and they'll sort of bombard you with sort of pseudoscience and and stuff like that, which which yeah, of course. I mean, the thing is, is anecdotally, it's all right because you uh, you you lift weight, you you get stronger, and of course, there are manipulations of that, and there are better manipulations than others. Um, but we're talking about the top level. We're talking about the top level, a lower level of athlete or the sort of... And when I say lower level, I'm talking outside the top 100 in the world. I'm not talking lower level as beginner, all the way down to beginner. Um, most strength cycles have similar properties, have similar... You can sort of... You, again, I talk very often about the critical factors or critical features of a program. If I take any strength program written by any strength coach in the world, I can pick out the four critical features of that program and they're all the same. Um, and they're packaged with a different logo and a different smiley face and a different result base. But essentially, there's not a huge difference between them. They're, the stimulus they're going after, the neurological stimulus they're going after, the critical features of that are very, very similar. Uh, and I think it's just time to start getting a little bit smarter and a little bit more intelligent with strength training and also just sort of <coughs> helping the listeners or the, the CrossFitters out there sort of get to that point um, and, and just almost dare to say it that, that there isn't a huge difference. I mean, very often, what's quite interesting very often is strength gains don't come in the strength phase, but they'll come two, three months after a strength phase when, when, when sort of the compensation, super compensation and all the sort of development from that has, has occurred. And, and I, I mean, I'll often talk with athletes who will say, yeah, that fa- that 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 particular strength cycle didn't work for me. Yeah. And then three months later, their PR doing PBs and PRs and lifting lifting stuff they've never lifted before, and they'll say, "Well, you know, when we did that running work <laughs> or that power work, I suddenly got stronger." You didn't. It's a, the sort of the chronic acute f- training stimulus which is blending together, and it's just a a misbalance of programming uh, essentially. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it is it is common I've seen it seen it loads people change programs yeah like and then they go three weeks into a new program and then claim they've got a PB and it's the new program that did it it's that foundation work of the the whole year that that leads to that point yeah um, like from from the seminar this this weekend there was uh, a guy who I've had the pleasure of working with on his squat mechanics um because he was kind of getting repeated getting repeated um, knee pain so hasn't been able to squat hasn't been able to Olympic lift and uh, he's he's noticed improvements with the work that we've done Um, he's still only been lifting nothing more than 50 kilos on a squat Um, and he's just equal PB'd his snatch having not been able to snatch for well over four months um, which leads into why does that occur with the yeah the aspect that we're I think the biggest issue with with strength training is how we measure it Uh, we measure it the only it's not the only but the only measurement used is how many kilograms or pounds uh, for the for those across the pond but how many kilograms of weight 
does athlete move from point A to point B? And, and that's the issue. Not how much force does athlete move from point A to point B. And as, as, as we're going to ex- I'm going to explain now, there is an, an incredible difference between the two. So what we're looking at is you're looking at leverage, you're looking at biomechanical leverage and the front squat. Is, is, if it, guys, if you haven't seen the post, um, jump on uh, at this point. I think we're, we'll attach it in the show notes at the bottom so you can see the... You can see what we're talking about, but I'm just going to quickly describe the, the the picture for you. Is the athlete has a front squat, which is which is typically um, dominated by <clears throat> by hip flexion. Um, it's a sort of sit back sit back squat. The the hips initiate the motion. There's very little ankle dorsiflexion, um, and uh, and the squat the bar is then. 30 centimeters from center of gravity so we're taking the center of gravity in this instance to be the sort of um, the lateral malleoli um so so we, we we've measured that the lateral malleoli which is the outside an- the ankle appeared from the outside for people that that's anatomy isn't as advanced as yours sir okay just just yeah. helping people okay. out there yeah they also got google um yeah. you might know how to spell it mate <laughs> no that's also true yeah um um so so yeah you've got the sort of the the outside of the ankle and um and we're measuring that as a sort of central gravity point again it's it's, it's quite crude measurements guys um we've done this sort of in a more controlled environment this is literally just for 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 the gram um (laughs) the ig Um, so we're talking about the 30 centimeters the bar sort of 30 centimeters the bar ends up in the squat height 80 centimeters from the floor at a 30 centimeter um, a 30 centimeter variance from center of gravity so what what we actually have to work out is is how much weight that pushes on or how much force the per, the, the the athlete has to overcome so with a 15 kilo bar just a sort of empty bar at, at a 30 a 30 centimeters off off uh, center of gravity and 80 centimeters from the floor the, the the equation of those two together again you've got some kind of some kind of torque and we're going to talk about torque in a, a later podcast uh, you'll have some kind of torque absorption from the hip so the calculations aren't aren't uh, perfect so what we've actually gone is we've gone with a minimum um a minimum score of, of what it could be rather than going a high end or a range you said the minimum that 15 kilos that 15 kilos will be is I'm just uh, working it out here for you uh, give me two seconds uh, the minimum kilos that would be would be around 280 and people are going to be quite shocked when they hear that number um, they're going to be 280 kilos and, and, and that's what I think people completely misunderstand when they're looking at the numbers is 200 kilo back squat is never a 200 kilo back squat the actual mechanical force they're going, going over and getting past is six, seven, eight hundred. that's how strong we are um, and moving one to two millimetres off of <coughs> off of the off of centre of mass exponentially increases the amount of weight we're lifting so like 40 pounds at a 30 centimeter leverage for for for, for our american listeners uh, 40 pounds at a, third, a 30 centimeter leverage is equivalent to 363 pounds so we're talking 80 centimeters at 30 
centimeters di- differential. We're, we're talking about a lot of weight just from 15 kilos. That's how much we're having to overcome. So I think it's very, very sort of this athlete in particular you can see in the picture it's it's she can do all the squat cycles all the strength cycles she likes at that leverage away from center of gravity she's never going to be every every sort of cent millimeter further away from from center of mass she comes that weight doesn't just go up by five kilos it goes up by hundreds of kilos um and and she has been following all those programs and yeah. trying, yeah. Like it's it's not, it's not been it's not been missed out of a program. She's she's been putting the due, due diligence of adding front squats, trying to get stronger within the program through the traditional methods of periodization, attention. To, yeah, putting that in the program and developing it, and it's yeah. not giving yeah. her the return. I mean, she's got a good coach. We know her coach quite well, um, and she's got a good coach who who has good solid strength protocols makes people stronger uh, and has followed the sort of the, the good strength protocols and 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 and, and they haven't worked for her um she works she's a hard-working athlete she's dedicated she does her, her time in the gym um and, and nothing's improved and nothing's improved because uh, at that leverage away from center of mass she is never ever ever going to get strong oh, and that, that's the issue she's going to get stronger she is very very strong she's never going to put more weight on the bar and that's the distinction and that's why going right back to how I started why we're measuring it incorrectly because you're measuring it by how many kilos are on the bar not by how much force they're producing Um, and this is why when you sit in a leg press and everything's stabilised you can lift so much weight you can overcome almost double what you can squat in a leg press because one you're stabilised two the machine has a, a sort of an axle or piston that makes sure you stay on center of mass. There's no variance from that center of mass, so you can you can overcome a, a vastly greater amount of weight. And what's very interesting is people say, "Oh, you know, it's good to get some." Not I'm saying leg presses are bad. I'm saying it's good to get some leg presses just to get some extra weight stimulus. The legs are work, the legs aren't working harder because you've got more weight. Yeah, <laughs> like like. I need to, you know draw yourself a picture lad um, yeah. like you're not working harder it's because you've got more weight you're working you actually got less weight on a leg press at 400 kilos and you're having a back squat at 200 kilos because of where the weight is in relationship to the centre of mass um, and so moving away from how much weight is on the bar as a measurement tool of how strong we are is 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 what coaches need to be doing yeah for sure and obviously people will look at the image and they'll just go oh yeah, well, she lacks ankle dorsiflexion. If she has more ankle dorsiflexion, she'll be able to stay more upright in the, with the bar. And that, that of course, is, is correct in... That, that yeah, is... In most cases, In actually. most cases, yeah. what we'd see. But, like, from the assessment, like, what did you... Like, how did the ankles... Like, how did they... they well, that was, that was, actually, that was actually very interesting because I went the other way around with the assessment for, for, for some other reasons. And... Um, I started by looking at uh, stepping up onto a box just for exactly the reason I wanted to get an idea of how initially I thought perhaps there might be a left to right differential so I started with some single leg work just to sort of check strength and it was quite interesting because I hadn't seen her squat at this point which was probably my mistake as a coach but I just went straight to the the box step up Um, and the first thing I saw on the box step up was a lateral box step up the first thing I saw was that the ankle dorsiflexion was really good she had huge range of ankle dorsiflexion. I think that picture is also attached um, with with with, the, with on the, in the show notes. Um, yeah, and so, and so 
And so the ankle dorsiflexion was there and there was, and she was like, I don't work with many athletes that can do a single leg box step up without supporting, without you, with using, not using the, the, the floor foot. You know, most athletes yeah. you say, okay, I want you to do a step up and, and push they, off of they push off of that and then they put the foot on the box to guide themselves up. And then I asked her to sort of, and you ask her, how are your pistols? Oh, pistols are fine. <clears throat> you know, I can do pistols, there's no problem. Mm. And so you see, my numbers are very low. I have a very low front squat and I'm being called weak <laughs> and I'm being called not strong. Um, or I'm being told I need to get stronger but I can do a lot of the exercises that most of the elite can't do, or I can do it better than most of the elite can do it. Why is my front squat number as low as it is, lower than my power clean? Um, so ankle dorsiflexion is there, strength is there. So I start thinking, hang on, <laughs> something else needs to be going on here. It seems as if this person is strong enough, seems they have great lever advantage. You know, they're not, they're not sort of a long athlete. Um, what what else is going on and when you look at the front squat you look no ankle dorsiflexion hips sitting back and then a bar just shoots out in front of center of gravity and everything we've explained now that it just becomes weight becomes exponential and is un- impossible to do so this isn't someone who misses strength this isn't someone who needs strength training this is someone who needs biomechanical recreation this is where a stretch a lunge a mobilization a stability exercise a combination of all of those is strength training because when this 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 athlete is strong, she is very strong. You see it in her power clean numbers. You can see it in a, a single leg squat. So what? When she has that bar over center of mass, she, she PBs by twenty kilos that day. You know because she can she can produce force, uh, which is the true measurement of strength, not how many kilos are on the bar. So the the strategy or the target now becomes how do we get that bar into the right position um, and and firstly we need to look at why it's why it's in the bad position from the start uh, and it, this is ultimately technique I mean so y- you feel that this was more of a technical issue rather than like biomechanically she from the sounds of things she's she was she has the ankle dorsiflexion yeah so it's there so there's no reason why it shouldn't be appearing in the squat so agreed. Um, yeah, I th- <laughs> they. It's it's quite typical. I mean, of course, she's got biomechanical deficits. Everybody has. You know, there's some sort of inferior medial uh, hip hip tightness. Um, there's some low back hypermobility, and there are some things that you'd want to fix, you'd want to work on, and, and you want to improve. But but I was I was asked how were you coached or how were you taught to squat um, and, and when I when I went to when I first uh, educated as a um, in, in in sports it was 1999 and the first ever course I was on was a sort of very old fashioned sort of teacher who was I think he was 50 at the time <laughs> where he was teaching me so and it was very much the knee mustn't cross the toe you need to sit back and it was that squat you know that's her squat it's almost it would pass you it would pass any personal trainer education in the world sort of it was the perfect squat and um and she sat back into the squat and then and from there you're sort of like okay right this has been coached um you've, you've been coached to sit back into the squat you've been coached with that ankle dorsiflexion 
and it's a motor it's a motor pattern that we're dealing with now so it's just what we, we would say an intermuscular uh, control um, rather than there's a sort of intramuscular problem or a, a joint problem or anything in your else so then it becomes a coaching issue um, which so it was a, for her it was a learned technique then yes I th- well, we, 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 she was established bit, as a learned technique versus a what was interesting it was psychologically listening to her explain how she was taught to squat she was very clear about how she was taught to squat so she's obviously been drilled into her she's obviously been told very explicitly how to squat um, which 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 wasn't wrong many years ago and for some people you know I have other athletes who crazily are being told on the way out of a, a squat or the way out of a um, sort of catching a front catching a clean in a squat position of being being told to push their knees forward I mean what what clown ever came up with that I'll never know um, and and there I'm dealing with a lot of issues where they're being told to shoot their knees forward as quickly as they can um, to try and get tension um, and so, so you're dealing with both ends of the spectrum, unfortunately. Um, I think we're also going, we could also go into, and it's probably worth another podcast, is the interpretation of cues. Yes, and very the, much the, so. the power of a, of a cue and how that can be kind of misconstrued by the athlete by sitting the hips back like some athletes will, yeah, can... Will benefit from it. Will benefit from well, it. That's exactly um, my point. Is that uh, the athlete was been told to shoot the knees forward? You know, they were actively working on this old technique, on the old technique, but this this technique where this athlete were actually actively working on getting the knees to come forward. And yeah, as I say, cueing is is is, is an essential to the to the coach's toolkit. It's just the interpretation of the cueing that we has to be very we have to be very careful with. But let's do that in another in another podcast. Um, so so strength. Uh, what we're working on with 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 the athlete here is how do we get stronger? And the measurement of strength is kilos. Unfortunately, not force production. This athlete has no issues with force production. They can produce all the force they need to to be up there achieving what they want to achieve. Their issue is the positions they're being put in create so much force on them already, or so much extra energy, extra torque that's required. They're not able to overcome. Over, overcome the weight so this is where <clears throat> biomechanical cre- cre- correction of being in the right technique and and when I say biomechanical correction I know I don't want people to think technically I don't want people to think you know I know when if I ask you to biomechanically assess one of my athletes Jouse, you you sit down and you consider you know 200 2196 ways the navicular moves in relation to the talus you know like I their bones of the foot, by the way, um, and I know you do that, but but I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about is this this is good coaching technique correction. This is look where the bar is in relation to the center of gravity. If the bar's off the off where it is, make sure it's there before you even think about putting weight on the athlete. You know because because you don't want to load up the bad position. You know you don't want to you don't want to go through that strength cycle or that strength phase whilst. Um, whilst the bar's in a bad position because what happens you get neurologically good at it and this is this is the issue with, with, with this athlete is you're asking her look mate I just need the bar here which should be for a beginner it would be no problem oh, look you're too far forward please put your back up or chest out or take your feet a bit wider or push your knees this way or push your knees that way and they'll they'll they'll, they'll sort of straighten up and the bar will be in the right position this one has been doing infinite amounts of squat or strength cycles in a bad position so it's so ingrained for the last I mean it's what six seven years they've been doing trying to get stronger so it isn't just a question of of 
it isn't just a question of you know queuing and saying right mate I need you just to bring the bar back please we got to get some re reprogramming we got to get some neurological programming in to teach the knees to come a little bit further forward than they're coming now and again not shooting out over the toes but just just coming a little bit further forward and being able to bring the hips a little bit f- further down and under and have a little bit more extension through the thoracic spine and being able to stand up the bar I mean just we move that it's 30 centimeters 30 centimeters you've put 100 kilos at 30 centimeters you're talking about a lot of weight we just move I mean the other video the other picture we've got in the show notes uh, our good friend Steve Fawcett is just just sort of, he was just there said, look Steve look grab a picture of you doing a front squat and he's at 14 centimeters we just move her from, I mean, that's not perfect, but it's very good. We move we move her from 30 centimetres to 14 centimetres off centre of mass. Her squat goes up by 15 kilos. It goes up by 15, 20%. Um, surely that the hours you would spend going through a strength cycle, it would be worth just, if it was stretching or it was mobility or it was lunging or whatever it was, surely you'd offer that time. And and the stress that goes into a strength cycle, mind the way. Exactly. Um so the body's going through a huge underweight well for her under a huge amount of weight yeah. based off the leverage so the stress that the body's going through for that if there's stress in other areas of the CrossFit program which there is because it's such a demanding sport, sport yeah. across energy systems etc different movements like to be able to actually give like here's a beneficial session that's going to make you stronger but actually give you a a bit of a less taxing uh, well, physically you, less taxing yeah, you can focus on something but, else can't yeah, you you, you can work on else. gymnastics yeah. or as you say you can work yeah. on the so what about the idea that I could just apply what if I just changed the objects that I used so what if I put a weight in front of me um, a sandbag which would then change my centre of mass and allow me to stay more upright and would bring the forward would that be an appropriate uh, way of assisting her in in developing that more upright more upright squat I mean I think sorry man just to be a bit harsh um, you say it would can you qualify you say it would help me do you know that it would have you looked at it with her I haven't looked at it with her um, it's obviously just techniques that you see being used uh, quite commonly to help people stay more upright um on the gram um not something i use personally but just just want to could it be used well i mean any anything goes yeah i mean that's for sure i mean that that's what our toolbox is as coaches we've got that that toolkit and that that it is mary poppins's bag yeah. You know, we can pull um, what's pull it? chandeliers, chandeliers, umbrella, umbrellas, uh, tape measures, vibrating foam rollers. No, we keep them. They're they're, they're, so, they're so far deep down, man. I think yeah, yeah. I mean, we need something to give the bag a bit of stability at the bottom, don't we? Um, and and I think anything goes, and anything's okay as long as it's just used in the right context at the right times. Um, I think what would be wrong to say was. Uh, yeah, we need to give this athlete this exercise to help her stay upright. I mean, her issue isn't staying upright. If I put her in a single leg position, if I put her in a wide, very wide stance, she stays very upright and she's, she's got good back control. Um, she's just learned a, she's learned a bad pattern um, and, and it is ankle dorsiflexion that's missing, but not ankle dorsiflexion range. It's not ankle dorsiflexion, you know, in a single leg squat or 
anything else. It's all there. Um, so, so selecting the right tool for the right environment is is essential as a coach. Um, and again, I think, but for me, I'd rather have that conversation because that's outside of four by eight or six by two, or we go eight six four two squats today at ninety two percent. You know, it's it's smarter to say, okay, which training tool available to us stimulates the reaction I want to see in this squat. I think where I start to sort of step away or turn off or not listen is when someone tells me everybody who has that problem needs to do this. I think that's people just trying to set a concept or set a course or set a book or whatever. I think we have these wonderful tools in our sport, uh, sandbags or barbells or kettlebells, kettlebells, dumbbells. We have we have so many tools and so much available to us to make good decisions, which stimulate the correct biomechanical reactions. It should be based on that rather than a sort of one size fits all or 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 pseudoscience like internal and external talk, which just don't exist. Um, just making things up for the sake of. For the sake sounding of good. sounding good, yeah, and I think <clears throat> I think that's where strength training goes a little bit wrong. We start trying to put the one size fits all. Yeah, which is ultimately, I mean, I think that is a big thing within the fitness industry. Is it's like coaches are scared of making a decision. They want to be, they just want to know, be told what to do. Yeah, so you got a coach that just goes wants to know. Well, what do I do in this situation? But ultimately, coaching, like let's let's not talk. This is global. Global coaching is the manager of a football team. Ultimately, he has to decide what tactics he's going to play that day. What yeah. substitution? Yes, he's got a team of people around him yes. that can help with that situation. But you've got to start to understand the game, the sport the players within the team which for us in CrossFit is understand the athlete understand their body their energy systems their joints how they work so that will enable you to make the decisions yeah. to choose the right exercise versus just be told oh we'll just do that exercise without without knowing why just going in blind because as soon as we're going blind like now we can when it doesn't work you've got nowhere else to go Yeah. so the more we can understand the nuances of the sport yeah, um, and had the appreciation with it, and I think, I think it's daunting, but it's exciting. Uh, most things that are daunting, a little bit scary, are exciting, and I think I would like to sort of implore and and motivate or inspire coaches to be making their own decisions, to be to to be thinking this way rather than. <clears throat> I mean, one of the first things we say when we come, when people come on our courses is, "I'm not here to teach you a concept. I'm not here to ask you to do the Phil Mansfield way of coaching because I can only do that, um, and it's not always right the way I do it." Um, what we want you to do is to be able to go right. Okay, I've listened to him. I've listened to him. I've listened to him. I've listened to him, and this is my style. This is my way of coaching. And be confident in your way of coaching and trust your way of coaching, uh, rather than rather than trying to take strength protocols off the shelf. And this is just a classic example. You know, take a strength protocol off your shelf. Your athletes aren't necessarily going to get stronger. When this athlete has the bar in a perfect position, then we can talk about let's go through a strength cycle with them. But they've been through a strength cycle. It's now going to be easier for them. We're now sort of on that leg extension, oh, sorry, not leg extension, leg, leg press example. We're now actually coming closer and closer to an easier squat. I mean, it's harder for her now than it is when, when we correct the squat. You know, so, so the stimulus will be less 
which is why if the stimulus is less, which is why there'll be more weight on the bar. So measurably, people will say, okay, she got stronger. She didn't get stronger. She just lifted more weight uh, because of the relationship of where the weight is to the center of gravity. Um, and, and of course, that's important. I mean, if she wasn't competitive, it wouldn't be important. Uh, unless we thought it would cause some low back issues, it probably would. So it would be important. But in other activities, it, it might not be important. But here, when the num the final number is relevant to the score or the points or the winning and the losing, then it becomes important. So essentially, the strength training has got nothing to do with force production. It's got to do with scoring points, winning things, comp- com- being competitive, and then seeing what the number is. Um, and unfortunately, we don't measure force output because if we measured force output, this would be one of the stronger athletes. Yeah, it's a nice enlightening conversation. It's quite good fun, isn't it? I think it's yeah. I think it's always quite good fun to to be able to work a little bit more intelligently rather than just sort of harder, harder. Um, and I've got nothing nothing against hard work. I just I just like to feel like if I'm working hard, I'm getting a bang for my buck as as, as as the saying goes you know I'm getting the most out of my time most of us are busy most of us are tired most of us have got a lot going on and I actually just think that you know we, I might as well be getting the most out of my hours spent lifting tin rather than um, rather than sort of Having yeah, and I think everyone knows that feeling, that sort of sense of I'm going through the strength phase and I'm just hoping it will work. I'm hoping I'll get my numbers up. Um, the other thing with the other thing in CrossFit, which is which is drastically misunderstood, I think is that the numbers are that important. I think that's the that's probably another podcast um, is how important are my top end numbers in CrossFit. Um, they're becoming less and less important, and they're, but they're taking up a lot of athletes' time. Um, there's a lot of athletes making some very stupid decisions based around having a higher 1RM um, that has little to no carryover to the rest of CrossFit. Um, but we'll do that in another podcast, I think. So to help the guys out there, what are we saying? What are we saying? How, how do we know what that person, what that athlete needs? Do you need a strength cycle or do you need to improve your position? I think I think keeping it as simple as possible is it's just technique. And everyone can see technique. Look at your technique and be super critical. Or have your coach or have someone you trust look at your technique and be super critical. Say, how does my technique work? Funnily enough... Um, we didn't invent the techniques <laughs> you know there's not, none of us have sat down and gone right how should a squat look what's actually happened is born out of um, physics physics yeah where energy is being transferred and where, where that where Newton's laws effectively are are influencing the body this has given us our perfect technique because it's where energy is transferred best from joint to joint muscle to muscle up and through the body and then back into the bar so technique has been given to us by pure and utter logic um so use that logic look at what what the textbooks tell you the perfect squat should look like um and again again the the sort of experts with in quotes will, will always argue over should the foot be here or should the foot be there again there's there's variances or nuances of what the perfect technique is they're not far from each other most of them um a top level coach would be able to say which which technique suits you better than other um which would be worth it at some point, but for the general pop, um, you know, the, the safety of a squat is, is or safety of the exercise, I keep using squat because of the example here, but it doesn't need to be a squat. 
find the technique from the textbook and then compare yourself to it. And if it doesn't look like that, if the technique isn't right, stay there um, before you start the strength cycle because you're only getting more numbers in the strength cycle. You know, you, that, that you're only improving your numbers. What, what you need to be able to do is be able to be efficient first. When you're efficient first and the bar is in the right place or the dumbbells are in the right place and you can control the weight, then you can talk about how do I make this number higher rather than force production. And you see that goes on to the culture of sport. Again, like if we, if we put remove weightlifting or remove being as strong as possible and think about something like a golf swing, the finesse and precision of a golf swing means that technique drives how far you can hit that golf ball more than how much force you can physically produce. Being able to get in the right position allows you to be able to create the force. Um, it's a and wonderful apply, example. Applying that to the more raw, all-out strength, which is then seen as... Yeah, who just has the ability to produce force? It's like yes, they do, but with technique, they can produce even more force. It's it's a it's a fantastic example, but it really is. It it really really. I mean, I just as you as you're speaking, I'm just sort of almost closed my eyes, going back to my sporting. Uh, I can think about the times I've kicked a football perfectly has been effortless. You know, it's sort of it, well, it's hard for you as a rugby player, right? Well, it's not really much else to it, is there, mate? Um, it's not like you've got to think at the same time, is it? Um, so you... <laughs> you um, Or the times I've... You know, I'm a golfer myself. I've played squash. Um, I've goal kicked in rugby. Um, opening bowling in cricket is the classic. You know, when... It's funny, those days where you just... Where you used to say, hit your run. When you used to just... You used to run in with the ball and... It would just happen. It was so effortless, and the the ball would hit you know hit the keeper's gloves. And those days, I was quick. Um, and the other days, you'd run in a bit harder, and you'd try a bit harder, and you'd you, you'd try and push the ball through, and and it would just come out slower. Um, and it was just no flow. You didn't feel it. You didn't you didn't feel like it was right. And and it's exactly the same. It's when you hit your technique, and when the when you hit technique in any sport, the whole sport becomes easier. Um, and the, the, for me, the strength training cycles is the forcing it rather than the, the, the finesse that could be involved in, in sports science or program design. I say with something like boxing, like more tension in boxing doesn't produce a stronger punch. No. The guy who's got a stiff arm and putting his weight behind the punch doesn't punch somebody harder. It's the guy that has a, a hand that's a bit like a, a mace. So the, the hand is the hard hitting thing yeah. and the arm is a chain yeah. and it just flows and that whips and creates more force than someone that's got a stiff, tense yeah. tense arm. Like tension, tension doesn't equal force production. No. Um, and, and ultimately the body will, <clears throat> I mean, why we get stronger, <clears throat> I think is very important to say that we, <clears throat> I know we would like to think we get stronger so we can look good and... Uh, walk around on the beach with our shirts off but that's not why we get stronger we only get stronger as a protection mechanism and so and so the body senses some kind of stress or some kind of stimulus i.e. with a weight um, and the body says well hang on a minute I felt danger or I felt some kind of 
external stress on me here. I'm going to lay down a, a neural network and I'm going to recruit more motor units because if this idiot does this to me again, <laughs> um, I want to be better prepared. And next time you go into the gym and you do the same thing, um, the body says, oh, I was ready for it this time. So what do we do? We put two and a half kilos on each side and, and then we lift a little bit more and the body says, oh, hang on a minute, that's that stress again. I better lay down another network or recruit more fiber. So everything essentially is because we want to get we, we get stronger as a protection as a protection mechanism and that'll be exactly the same in technique as soon as the body feels an an, uh, an unusual energy or in, sorry yeah, energy energy transfer or a, a positional uh, problem it will instantly make you work hard it will instantly try to shut down which is why you see a lot of the locking and seeing a lot of the sort of what we call the can't get ins in movement so sort of the nervous system is quite tense and quite on on point because it's saying I don't like this position I'm not happy with it so I'm going to do something about it whereas the, you know in the previous podcast talks about the weightlifting world championships with those guys it is just like it's so smooth and it's so sort of it glides and it's because the nervous system just allows it because it trusts it it knows it's going to get that position it knows up and you know it goes up and down on in technique um and, and that's that's a crucial element of lifting more weight if the end goal is lifting more weight is having that the body just saying well actually i trust this position i like this position I, i'm comfortable going up and down this position because it's safe for me yeah. um, so that's for me strength training starts there you know a technically sound I'm not essentially all we've said for an hour is get your technique right John <laughs> you know um, in a very eloquently put away well yeah <laughs> in depth <laughs> with depth but um, but I just hope it gives a, it gives an overview of, of why that is so important uh, but well but likewise to say like there are people out there so even though we're we're saying that jokingly that we've spent an hour saying this people are still going through the same strength cycles. So hopefully this has been of help and use to understand, right, okay, yeah, well, I keep going through a strength cycle and it's really not giving me the return. Like, what could it be? Like, there's something else. I don't need to go out there and keep searching the internet, trying to find the magical 92% versus 90% program. Just go look at technique, focus on that, and spend some balance up your training program yeah I mean absolutely absolutely spot on and I think that's what that's where we need to where we need to be headed with this I think I think the problem is sorry last thing I'll say is that is that people almost talk about technique with injury so we want a good technique so we don't get injured and and I don't care about injury I want to win something yeah. <laughs> like I'm in performance and performance means I want my weight on the bar a little bit you know I haven't said that yet in the podcast because we've been talking about not having weight on the bar but essentially when my athletes go out on the floor the person who lifts the most or does it the fastest wins <laughs> and 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 having a good technique helps you win it helps you lift more weight and I think that's where people go wrong it's like right I work on technique so I don't get injured and then I do a strength cycle to get stronger no you work on your technique to get stronger and when your technique's right or perfect or in a good position, you will be stronger. You will be a little bit more. And then if you want to put more weight on, then we can talk about uh, forced rate production, torque angles, all the, the, the sports science stuff, which is, which is loads of fun. But you're, you're, most people are a long way from that uh, when they start a strength cycle. Not only stronger though, but also more efficient. 
Well, so that, if, yeah, we, if we take yeah. we take the girl that we've been talking about the whole time, if we get an identical athlete with an identical max, but with a bar closer to center of mass, put her in a CrossFit workout, she is using less energy throughout that entire workout. So come the end of it, even though they've got the same max, she's probably going to get through a workout feeling a lot less exhausted and tired due to every rep is that little bit well is under less load yeah. because of leverage talk and yeah and, and so and so so let's just wrap it up and just say this is where flexibility training becomes or stability training or mobility training mobility or, or movement work or coaching or cueing or guidance of what good technique is becomes your strength program uh, let's get outside of the let's get away from the 4 by 8 and 92% because it's not working for a lot of people Amen <laughs>